Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the films Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked, and Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. You don't have to have seen either film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was late, but I was giving you an opportunity there to sing a song about me being late, like the Chipmunks' some Christmas song. No, I refuse. <laughs> Not out of a dislike for you, but a, a, a dislike for the Chipmunks. I was, I was thinking it could be good. It could be along the lines of "Patty, Patty, don't be late." It is time for podcasting. That's Something along those lines. It didn't rhyme. I need to workshop it more. <laughs> it's beautiful. But that's though. already put about as much effort into it as they did into Elvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, shall we just dive straight in? Let's just dive straight in. We've got two of these films to get through, which we can probably do quickly. But Yeah, I think, though, I've got something controversial to say here. I'm not sure if you agree. I don't know if my mind was completely warped by the time I reached Alvin and the Chipmunks' The Road Chip, the final film of this quadrilogy of greatness, but I actually liked The Road Chip the most out of all four films. So did I. I'm ah, so glad, I'm so glad to hear that. And it, <laughs> there's a bit of recency bias in that because I watched it today. But yeah, I thought it was potentially the best one of the four if not, maybe maybe not as good as the first one, which is the one that they maybe did put a bit of effort into in some ways. But yeah, there's a lot to like about it, isn't there? There is, yeah. So let's talk about the worst one first. Yep. Chipwrecked. Which, yeah, it's definitely Chip the worst wrecked. of the four, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the second one is very, very bad, the squeakquel. But Chipwrecked is the worst. Um, so what happens is they're going off on holiday... And they get shipwrecked because the chipmunks are awful. Basically. They're going off on holiday. Jason Lee's back in it again properly. He's not busy anymore. And he's he's potentially clean shaven and looking a bit healthy. So I think at this point maybe he's finished with my name as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And they 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 go off, they're off on a cruise, um, and we get some rubbish hijinks from the chipmunks. Um, by the way, at this point, um, all six of the chipmunks are under Dave's um, stewardship, I suppose is the best way to put it. Because he's not actually adopted them officially. That's what happens at the end of... Spoiler alert for... Oh, you ruined it. You ruined it for <laughs> Spoiler everyone. alert for the road chip. <laughs> but at the end of that movie, he officially adopts three of the chipmunks. Not the other he three. He officially adopts them. And they're all like, yeah, it's fine. A guy can legally adopt a chipmunk. It's, it's fine. It's all totally normal. If if something has the conscious mind of a human, like the chipmunks do, they have the same level of comprehension as a human being does. 
then they can be legally adopted. That's what I'm getting out of this, which is maybe a precedent that we'll see in when AI becomes that developed. I was about to say, that's a film there, isn't it, about someone trying to legally adopt an AI? Yeah, maybe, maybe when those court cases... Wasn't that what that film AI was about? That was, it was about a little robot boy and robot prostitutes. It was about Anakin Skywalker and someone trying to adopt him and about the lengthy court battle. Now that's a court battle, says Anakin Skywalker. One of those... (laughs) Well, that just happened. (laughs) It's one of those really long films about, like people walking into courtrooms and saying things isn't it that's what that film was about <laughs> i genuinely don't know if i've watched it or just caught snippets of it here and there um again i remember it being everywhere for a yeah, time i don't think i've ever actually yeah. seen it um but maybe that's what's going to happen is when we do eventually create an artificial intelligence that does have the intelligence of a human being whenever that's going to be um maybe there will be the alvin and the chipmunks defense that well <laughs> Well, you know, looking at popular cultural touchstones, Dave from Alvin and the Chipmunks did legally adopt the chipmunks. The chipmunks were not human beings, but they had the faculties of human beings. Ergo, you have the legal right to treat them as as humans. So maybe... David Seville's law. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe when it comes down to it, when we do get little robot fellas, um, maybe that's the kind of argument that they can make. So, well, they did it for chipmunks. Why can't they do it for, uh, for a robot? Yeah. Little robot fellas. Is that where you think AI is going? We're going to have little robot (laughs) fellas. Little robot compadres. That's what we're having. Um, this was... (laughs) Now now I'm thinking about Batteries Not Included. Batteries Not Included. Which is a great film. Um, a far better film than Chipwrecked. Also, the nonsense that we just discussed about that kind of movie about someone going to court to to legally adopt an AI would also make a far better movie than Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. Um, yes, it would. So, right. Even done badly. So we haven't established somewhere between the squeakle and Chipwrecked, Dave takes on stewardship of the three female Chipmunks. Well, does he? Because it's not really clear at any point. They're just kind of there. <laughs> They're there and they're hanging out and but and then like they're really happy to see Dave and then Dave rescues them and they're happy. So I assume oh, yeah. that at the very least they hang out quite a lot. But then if they're like siblings, again it brings up the very strange relationship between the male and the female chipmunks because this is the one that has actual sort of romantic engagement in it. It's the it's the white stripes thing, isn't it? <laughs> It's the white are they siblings thing. or are they getting it? Yeah, on? that's the thing. What is it? But I mean, they're, they're obviously not siblings by blood, you'd hope, but it does make it a bit weird and incestuous. So you, you're saying that all chipmunks are truly brothers? <laughs> Chipmunk solidarity. Yeah. Is what I'm calling for. Um, yeah, but it does make it a bit odd. But th- this is the movie with the most focus on chipmunk on chipmunk relationships not in a romantic way but chipmunk in... on chipmunk action <laughs> yes. um not in a romantic way but in terms of like discussions between the chipmunks themselves in the rest of the movies there's very much a focus on the chipmunks talking to or interacting with human beings and that's quite often been a huge failure but here it's an even worse failure because the chipmunks are just so absolutely irritating. 
Yeah, it's 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 the kind of shipwreck and then desert island desert island thing with no kind with no human characters that really redeem it because Dave kind of is he's there and he's not really there and then well David Cross is in it doing his thing doing his David Cross I'm the villain for the money thing which here isn't too bad I, all of the kind of genuine the very very small number of genuine laughs I had in this film were because of David Cross. Yeah, he's dressed as a, a sea a seabird of some description for the majority of the movie. Yeah, and there's a bit where after the wreck, him and um, Jason Lee are like paddling across the sea together, and he's holding on to the costume, and then he says to Jason Lee that he's not wearing anything underneath. That amused me. Yes, that was good. That was good. So, so yeah, again, David Cross is the shining light in in this film. Um, we do get more action from Dave in this movie. He does more things um which is which is fine um, he goes alvin <laughs> he's he's more dynamic in this movie than the first one though he does go off to try and rescue the chipmunks from a from a from a tropical island and then he does a few heroic things along the way you know that's fine that's fine for dave you know he actually does things in this one um what happens is as you can imagine the chipmunks get into hijinks on the cruise ship and then they accidentally get they get like swept up in a bit of wind on a hang glider or something, isn't it? Or a kite. I can't remember. I, I didn't pay as much attention to this one because it was actually very boring, wasn't it? <laughs> it's incredibly boring. It was probably the um, most tedious one in terms of the things that it wanted you to find funny and amusing just weren't, yes. were they? Yeah. No, they weren't. Um, this is very much a film aimed at kids but not aimed at smart kids. I think that's the way that I describe this movie. Um, in that, with this film, like, a lot of the things that kids are supposed to find entertaining are the inter-chipmunk dynamics. Um, it really delves deep into chipmunk lore, basically. The the chipmunk cinematic universe. Um, th- that that this is the movie that focuses the most on that element of these films as a whole. So you get all of this stuff about oh Simon, he's a nerdy one, but he fancies female Simon. What's female Simon called? Ellen? Isn't is she Eleanor? Simone? Is one of them called Simone? No, he. Is that too obvious? No, but is that he, his name when he becomes French for no reason? Yeah, he he has a bit of um he has a bit of hypochondria where he thinks he's been bitten by a spider and that the spider causes things like mood changes. Um, and then in his brain, he turns into a French adventurer called Simon. That's right. Um, and so for the rest of, well, the vast majority of the rest of the movie, he's wearing a little bandana and speaking in a French accent. And it is awful. Which is, it's just sort of vaguely offensive, isn't it? But it's so low effort that it's not worth being annoyed by it, is it? Yeah, it's it's not really offensive. It's just irritating <laughs> more than anything else. And so, yeah, so he he becomes brave for a movie, um, and nothing really happens though. That's the problem. Is they yeah. go on this they go on this island, and they and Jenny Slate is there. Jenny somehow. Slate is there, <laughs> and she. It turns out the plot twist is that this island has treasure on it, and Jenny Slate is a treasure hunter who's been there for like a decade. Um, even though, you know, she looks immaculate and is wearing immaculate yeah. clothes. <laughs> and makeup. And there's, there's a really long running gag of her talking to a tennis ball called Dunlop, 
which yes. is, is a reference to the film Castaway, which all the children watching this have seen. Yes, there's there's a couple of jokes for the parents in this film. One of which I liked, which was that the captain of the cruise ship is called Captain Corelli. Yep. Um, shout out to our episode <laughs> on Captain Corelli's mandolin. And the cage challenge. And the cage challenge, yes. Gosh. Of which your one got over a thousand views somehow. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I did it really. That's yeah. amazing. Um, as an explainer for anyone who hasn't been listening to this podcast for a million years, when we did Captain Corelli's mandolin, there's a very funny scene where Nicholas Cage Hilarious. is playing knockabout Nicolas Cage comedy Captain Corelli's mandolin. <laughs> yes. There's a very unintentionally funny scene where he's playing the mandolin with a really emotional expression on his face. Um, and so what we did was we challenged people to make humorous videos of what he could actually be playing at that time. And I found, I think I found some recording of someone like... Um, detuning a mandolin or just messing around with a mandolin and put that over the top so is that has that has that reached a thousand views i think it's that you did a couple of different ones though if i recall i did one with um where he's playing i'm sexy and i know it which is quite silly <laughs> as well very good very good um i'll have to have a look at that i'll have to see how many how many views i've got then that's, yeah no, that's it starts with him saying the clip starts with him saying it's a beautiful night for falling in love in his horrible <laughs> accent and then he's playing the mandolin really seriously with a really serious look on his face that is yeah as you say unintentionally hilarious it's a beautiful movie what can we say yeah so um, any reference to that I mean, you, you texted me this when you were watching it you said this film sucks oh no wait it's got a reference to captain corelli's mandolin therefore it's okay yeah and then immediately back to sucking again um, I, I've got the IMDb page open and clearly there was some kind of Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked game where it wasn't actually based on the movie so much as doing like a dance dance revolution. Right. Okay. Where you're a chipmunk. Um, it looks appalling. <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know that there was clearly a video game tie-in. So 2011 they were clearly still doing rubbish video game tie-ins rather than just rubbish mobile games yeah that's that's what you get now isn't it the the money-grabbing mobile game yeah while we're on that subject fuck the new final fantasy that's on mobile it's it's awful <laughs> which one's there's, that there's your final fantasy 7 update it's called have you not heard about this is this is this the one where i mean they they released one ages ago where um it was basically pay to win yeah yeah this is the same deal yeah is it a new is, is this a new one yeah it's, it's a gacha game so it's like what do you expect but still i hate that they did that to final fantasy 7 I, I played it it's actually good and it's actually enjoyable but like the mechanics are such that yeah you will if you want to actually get anywhere you'd have to like without paying money you'd have to grind for like 30 hours and i'd rather actually play a nice game on the nintendo switch so yeah, final yeah. fantasy 7 ever crisis yeah it seems as though the crisis is that they are um massively going after people with gambling addictions and ruining their lives yep. for a mobile game fuck you square Enix. exactly that's the thing that just doesn't sit well with me yeah no they're evil mobile games like this are evil and um if you design them and if you release them you are evil i'm sorry if you're listening and you work for a mobile game dev and you're like, oh, well, we've got to monetize it some way. Well, charge people money to buy it then. Or just, like, don't make that. You've already just made <laughs> Final Fantasy 16, which is, like, a massive, huge seller. Like, And there's loads of other stuff that's coming down the pipe as well. Just, like, don't... Just make console games instead. Don't make mobile games. Leave those for the dickheads. 
Yeah. Um, if you're doing predatory gambling mechanics in your video games, you're a bad human being. Um, you are worse than the people who made Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> yep. They ne- they never made any gacha games, did they? They just made <laughs> no, awful, they didn't. awful tie-ins. That I wonder how... if Did anyone buy those games? They probably did. That's the thing. Yeah, All of these I films mean, the movies... are massively financi- financially successful, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Chipwrecked. Let me just look it up. Um, it was almost 350 million. <laughs> and this is like early incredible. 2010s. This is post-financial crisis. Yeah, yeah. $80 million budget. All of that went on David Cross, I assume. Um, and then, yeah, $342.7 million at the box office. So this was a this was a good bet for uh for for people to make. If you if you want to make money, make an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. <laughs> Surely the gacha game is what's coming next. Like they've done these four they've done these four films. They're not gonna make more films, are they? I mean it has it has been nearly a decade. So it was twenty fifteen when they released the road chip. So I don't think they're going to go back to this iteration. So it will be when the rights come up for another album, for Alvin and the Chipmunks, um, they'll make another one. Because it was Fox, wasn't it, I think, that that, that made these Oh, movies. is it a, a rights thing? Yeah, so um, so this the, they may well have made these movies on the good intentions of thinking, hey, let's monetize the Chipmunks for a new generation. But at some point, they're going to have to renew the rights or do something to maintain the rights. And that's when they can try and do something else. Um, but yeah, I wonder if we'll get a gacha game the next time they decide to reinvent Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, pay pay all your money to buy literal nuts in a game <laughs> on a desert island <laughs> with chipmunks running around and punching each other and singing irritating songs. Singing all yeah. of the worst, most irritating pop songs of the day in the most irritating fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, all of the songs are irritating. Um, I should have made a, li- a list of the songs that they sang as we went along. Um, oh, there, of course, was Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Yes, of course. Of course, they had Party Rock Anthem. But was that in chipwrecked or was that the road chip i'm on the wikipedia page for chipwrecked and it's number one on the track listing ah okay because, because the chip, guy from... yeah i was gonna say there wasn't the, that man with the big hair that's one of the lmfao guys isn't it yeah, yeah yeah he turns up in the next film and is very excited to be at a party as you would imagine from party rockers in the house tonight <laughs> he loves to party yeah who likes to rock the party <laughs> <laughs> no, and it had um, Bad Romance. I mean, that's not a bad pop song. That's but, right. Bad yeah. Romance is a good song, yeah. just not when um, not when sung by uh, chipmunks. Annoying CGI chipmunks. <laughs> um, a pink song called Trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did Whip My Hair by Willow, that, which is one of the worst songs ever That's made. a really irritating song. And they did the, we're going on fucking vacation, vacation's really fucking awesome, that song. But they didn't say fucking, did they? It didn't, <laughs> take, a, it didn't take a sudden turn. <laughs> I don't think those are the actual lyrics, that's just what comes up in my head when I think about the song Vacation from the 80s. Right. Um, the Go-Go's, that's the one. The Go-Go's. Um, they did S.O.S., the Rihanna song. Yep. Not the um, Which... ABBA song that Pierce Brosnan sang. 
<laughs> Wait, that's what I'd really like Why to was see. Pierce Brosnan one not in these movies? <laughs> you could see him doing He would have made an amazing good... day. Alvin! Yeah, he do a brilliant And maybe you shouldn't be living here. <laughs> that would have been very appropriate for the first film. That would have been very good. Um, and then uh, Survivor by Destiny's Child. It's worth noting that when they do SOS and Survivor, they were both sung in a really like sad, tense way which made them somehow more irritating than when the chipmunks were being sassy. Yeah, that's, they use those at the, po- the the points where they're trying to give the plot some like emotional resonance so that it's not just a bunch of irritating <laughs> gags strung together, and it has yes. the opposite effect. It's like, it's, that's bathos, isn't it? Is the technical term. <laughs> exactly. It's pathetic. Um, and then, uh, lest we forget that the movie ends with a medley, a chipmunk medley of Born This Way, Ain't No Stopping Us Now and Firework by Katy Perry. Firework is a banger. Baby, you're a firework. A motherfucking chipmunk firework. <laughs> That's what's in your head when you're watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, is, which is a good song by Katy Perry. To be fair, Firework is a banger. The best thing, you know, you, you, it has a banging chorus, but then, but then, after the chorus, I think it's even after the second chorus. It get it goes. It's the it's a major lift and a minor fall, as as it, as it would be, you know. Boom, boom, boom. Even brighter than the moon, moon, moon. Yeah, that's a very nice little trend. And then it goes straight back into the chorus again. The structure of it is what makes it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and born this way is a good song as well. I I think Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is a is a good pop songwriter absolutely the songs are good um and it, got plenty of time for for stephanie um i've got no surname we should Steph- watch stephanie gaga stephanie gaga that's her real name we should watch star is born with her in it at some point we should with old bradders we could we could do a double bill of the old one and the new one or how however how many versions of that have they made now there are at least three or four aren't there <laughs> and i've do never a, seen any of them we'll do a month of them and then get very very sad yeah <laughs> we've had to watch it over and over again yeah well if we've done um, a, a chip month i guess that's kind of the ne- <laughs> it's a level up on that isn't it um this one also yeah. had that we know speak americano song which is the one that he dances to in the in-betweeners movie and i don't know which came first but either way bad yep um I imagine the Inbetweeners is one of those TV shows that aged very poorly. Yeah, I remember really enjoying it at the time. Like, I think for people our age, it's probably something that everyone would have seen and sort of vaguely enjoyed. But yeah, I imagine if you were to watch, I never saw any of the films, but I'd imagine it would be very cringe to watch it back. Yeah, I can't imagine that it's aged particularly well. Whereas I do go back and quite regularly watch Friday Night Dinner, which is something that Simon Bird was in afterwards. Did you ever watch Friday Night Dinner? I saw every episode of Friday Night Dinner and every single one made me howl with laughter. Genuinely, it's, it's one of the greatest one of the greatest sitcoms <laughs> ever made and is not is is really underrated and underappreciated. I could watch it over and over again. It is a work oh, of I'm glad. pure genius. You know Paul Ritter's dead. Yes, yeah, it's, really it's sad. so sad. Yeah. Um yeah, um Robert Popper has made many very good TV shows. Um, But for me, at least, I mean, I love Look Around You. Don't get me wrong. I adore Look Around You. And of course, he was involved in, you know, uh, the Inbetweeners, the IT crowd, which is a show that I can take or leave. Yeah. Um, Not just because the main creator's an asshole, but in general. That's an understatement. It's... (laughs) 
Yes. Um, uh, but for me, at least, Friday Night Dinner is his magnum opus. I love that show. It's fantastic. And it gets so better much. and better as it goes along. That's the thing. Even the last season was so good. Once the characters it's are really brilliant. established and then they start bringing in other people like the grandparents and the grandparents... Um, boyfriends and stuff mr morris mm. is mr morris and and also possibly the best mark heap character oh yeah i think it's fair to say mark <laughs> heap who's known for playing you know incredible uh incredible characters and everything um, brian in space you know, <laughs> yeah brian in space um of course um alan statham dr statham in Greenwing. yeah um amazing um but i think I think the next door neighbor Jim in Friday Night Dinner Ooh, is is the best thing he's ever done, and he's um, so committed to the character as well. I mean, obviously there were script writers that told him to do that, but the th- his dog, um, the Alsatian Wilson, and every time he's on screen, he basically goes to pet him and then kind of moves his hand away like he's scared of the dog. <laughs> like, and every time he's on screen, he does that, and it's like it should be tedious, but it is so perfect. Yeah, it 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 never wears out its welcome. For however many series, it, it did they do five series in the end? Four series, at least four. Yeah, um, truly astonishing piece of television. If you've not watched Friday um, Night Dinner, if you're in the UK, it's all on E4, I think. Yeah, not E4. All four. Uh, all four or four on demand or whatever it's called. Four plus um, prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, go and watch it. It's really good, and it's far better than the Chipmunks movie. Yeah, it's, 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 um, I can't believe we're even mentioning them in the same breath. Yeah. I don't know how we got on to talking about uh, Friday Night Dinner, but um, um, from the in betweeners, which starred Simon Bird, who yeah, oh is also yes, in that's how Friday we got on this tangent. Um, so um, something to point out with Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked, um, it wasn't the same guy doing the voice as Simon as doing Simone. Oh, okay. They, they did got, they get a French guy to do it? They got Alan Tudyk in. Oh, no way. So, Which is great. We love him. Okay, he's great. Um, another example of what on earth <laughs> were all of these really great people doing in this movie, apart yeah. from, I suppose, making money. If it was like and a quiz question, Jenny... it's like, which which film stars Jenny Slate, Alan Tudyk, Justin Long, <laughs> David Cross? <laughs> you, you put all of these people together in one movie and think, oh yeah, this could be a really fun, strange comedy film. Um, and instead it's it's Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked. Um, but yeah, apart from getting money, and this was this was Jenny Slate's first full like feature length movie, really? wasn't it? I think. Well, good yeah, for her because before... obviously that's a springboard to brighter to things. other stuff. Yeah, and you know she's done loads of great stuff. She was in that really fun um, rom com with um, with Charlie Day, which we watched. Oh yeah, last that was year. good. Um, which was good. Um, and yeah, we we want more Jenny Slate. Stuff. I want Give you back. More Jenny Slate stuff. That's right. Yes, that's what it was called. Um, yeah, so so all of these. Really no, that was a declaration people. of love for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but all of these really talented, great people in this truly awful movie. Um, it goes down the route of Jenny Slate turning evil, um, forcing female Simon to try and steal some treasure, but the 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 volcanoes exploding at the same time. Um, this movie does the incredible thing of making an exploding volcano boring. Yeah, incredible work. Um, so yeah, we may kudos. be biased because we did a whole month of volcano films, though. So. But th- that's true. But this is a very poor volcano 
um, volcano uh, movie as a whole. There's the scene where female Alvin um, is about to go and bathe in a little bubbling hot spring. And it immediately brought to mind Dante's Peak because in Dante's Peak, (laughs) you get the people who burn alive in it. But also, if you remember, there's two chipmunks that have been boiled alive. Yep. That that's one of the early warning signs that the volcano is about to explode. I was thinking, oh, is this going to be like a Dante's Peak prequel? <laughs> it takes a dark turn. I say they're all singing about being on <laughs> effing vacation, and then suddenly, yeah, they're we're being on burned alive. The fucking holiday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that it, that that would have been a very good turn. Um, but yeah, this movie is one of the most dour things I've ever seen, and I came out of it feeling incredibly despondent about life in general and we've watched a lot of dour films haven't we yeah but this is just next level nonsense um david cross this is the chipmunk movie that he described as being the most miserable experience he's ever had in his professional life really (laughs) (laughs) um and this was the last this was the last chipmunk movie that he did yeah obviously soured Um, it for him they they couldn't get him back for um, the road chip but that i think turned out to be a good thing yeah, I think the road chip actually. Um, I'm not sure where he would have fit in the road chip, um, and it's actually probably the more enjoyable one. Um, do you want to go into talking about it, or do you want? Have you got anything else you want to share about Chipwreck? Is there anything more to say? I mean, yeah, I, I wrote down that kicking across the ocean in his duck suit was perfect. It's going to use every cliche from the desert island playbook, which it does. Um, it takes a cannibalistic turn at one point, but then doesn't really follow it through. It sort of then becomes Indiana Jones, and it's silly. And then, of course, it becomes an annoying pop concert at the end, as they always do. And it's once yeah, more because- pushing <laughs> pushing the dad narrative, and it's boring and silly. There we go. As a father, you do not appreciate the dad content in these films. Absolutely not. It's a, It's offensive <laughs> to dads, to be honest. <laughs> And nobody is ever like, what are these rodents doing here? Like they're on a they're on a cruise and they're just like running around and wreaking havoc everywhere, and everyone's like, oh yeah, whatever. But they're the chipmunks. They're they're celebrities. But that's that's the thing. I can never with these films. I find it very hard to suspend my de- disbelief about that because, and it's like sometimes they're famous and well known, and then sometimes they're not. You know, it's like no, not everyone knows who they are, but they're like, oh, yeah, it's funny. It's a talking chipmunk, whatever. Especially in the next movie where there's a several jokes about the chipettes being more famous than the original chipmunks. Which yeah. it, it makes that joke a couple of times, doesn't it? You're like, OK, so where where has that happened in the lore of the chipmunk universe? Yeah, that's a whole movie that got missed out of yeah. the franchise, clearly. And speaking of things being missed out of the franchise... Um, when it comes to the road chip, the chipettes are barely in it. But they have important roles to play. They are on American Idol, basically. I'm just eating a galaxy ripple. <laughs> this is the most professional podcast. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so shall we move on to talk about the road chip? Yep. I want to mention that both of them have a score by Mark Mothersbaugh, who's one of the guys from Devo, and that is hilarious. <laughs> really? Too. And he he does a lot of film music, so it's like probably just another gig for him, but it still makes me chuckle that the same guy who had wrote the incidental music for this also wrote, you must whip it. <laughs> and I noticed that there's no Devo songs 
in in these movies. He, yeah, you'd be su- he, you wouldn't be surprised to hear the chipmunks cranking up whipping. Yeah, would you? but clearly, he, I reckon that was part of his contract. Is I'll do the I'll do the music for these films, but you cannot use any of my other professional music because it offends me that you choose to yeah. use it. That would be totally fair. Um, do you want to rank um, Chipwrecked before we move on to the road oh, chip? Yeah, it's like a three out of twenty, isn't it? And all those three points are for David Cross. Yeah, no offense to Jenny Slate, who's doing her best, but yeah, it's but her, her character is given literally nothing to do in this film it's a complete waste of her skill so yeah three out of 20 i think it's the worst one of the lot it's not the worst film we've ever watched on this podcast but it is no it is bad um it's a low effort romp through the same gag which is that the chipmunks ruin everything except this time they're doing it on a shipwreck in a desert island yes Yeah. yeah um so let's talk about Alvin and the Chipmunks, the road chip, the final movie. They lost a couple of key members of start of uh, of the cast, so Amy Poehler is no longer in it. Um, replaced by Kaylee Cuoco. Oh, um, I didn't notice. <laughs> why would you? They're not no in the bloody film at all. Um, and of course, David Cross is no longer in it. He has been. Um, he has decided he's had enough of those goddamn yeah. chipmunks. So they, so they went back to the cast of Arrested Development and said, "Right, who's next? <laughs> Who else can we get?" Um, and they chose our man um, Tony Hale to play Tony Hale, who I honestly have to say delivers an absolutely masterful performance. Oh, in absolutely! Um, it is. This is his film, a hundred percent, and he he gives it his all, and it is genuinely like one of the greatest comic performances ever. <laughs> And one of his best comic <laughs> I probably wouldn't go that far, but it is very entertaining. And he he adds a level of intensity to this film that I think really works. Um so let let's talk about the road chip. Um it's not just the chipmunks that are horny in the chipmunk cinematic universe. As horny as the chipmunks are, Dave also is a horny man. And he's romantically involved with a woman now. Um, something which was hinted at in the first movie and never went anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Completely ignoring that character altogether in these other films. And now there's she another just love interest. She just disappears entirely. And now there's an, an, another love interest um, who has a large adult son. Um, yeah. <laughs> called or, called um, something. A, a weedy adult son yes. called Miles. Miles. Um, uh and uh, they're going to get engaged, Dave and uh, Samantha. Uh, the chipmunks are not a fan of this because the large adult son is mean to them. So they decide, along with Miles, to try and break up the engagement. Yeah, that's the plot in a nutshell. But the way it happens is just that like Miles appears out of nowhere and is incredibly horrible to them for no reason. <laughs> just... and he's like a violent psychopath out of nowhere. He is acting in the way that I would act if I came across the chipmunks in real life. Yeah. I would be super gluing them together. I would be ruining their mini golf games. I would be locking them out of the house to freeze to death outside. I, I identify with miles in this movie and his sheer hatred of the chipmunks. Um, so, uh, so they go off on a road trip and along the way, well, first they try to fly and that's where we come across the greatest character in this movie. Um, Air Marshal James Suggs, yes. played by Tony Hale. Um, who 
his life has been ruined by his previous love of the chipmunks. Uh, so he yeah. in a brilliant scene. It's only about ten seconds it's long. That like fantastic <laughs> is an, a masterclass in characterization. Of it where it just shows that that like he he had a Christmas he had his house all decked out in Christmas decorations and he was like he was giving a gift to his girlfriend um, while the chipmunks Christmas song was playing in the background and she goes I'm breaking up with you and that's like his his origin story it's perfect yeah it's it's great so that's his origin story so he was a fan of the chipmunks um, his girlfriend broke up with him partly because he liked the chipmunks so he now blames the chipmunks for the the failures of his life um, and. He's a he's a um, what are they called the sort of airline police an air marshal air marshal he's an air marshal which is a thing that's joked about in films I'm not convinced that it's an actual thing um so they do it's an American thing isn't it air marshals yeah it sounds like an American thing um I don't know whether we have them over here too or whether it's just in like internal flights in the USA um but Wesley Snipes famously plays doesn't he play an air marshal in Passenger Fifty Seven I don't know I've never seen it. <sighs> it's it's a great film um it's kind of like die hard on a plane <laughs> with wesley snipes it's great. you just know that was the pitch yeah one line one sheet of paper in that meeting <laughs> someone goes into it someone goes into a production house and is like i've got this movie for you uh it's it's die hard on a plane and wesley snipes gets to roundhouse kick terrorists um <laughs> we've also got liz hurley attached and someone's just like right where do we sign on this get me some cocaine yeah. Perfect action movie. 10 out of 10. Wonderful and the next stuff. day he signed off the road chip. <laughs> next day he signed off the road chip, exactly. Um, 200 million more chipmunk dollars? Yes, please, <laughs> inject it into my veins. Because yes, yes, again. Um, this one cost more, so it cost 90 million, but it did still make 234.8 million back. So not as quite as profitable as the previous chipmunk movies, and that's maybe why they decided they were going to call it a day. Maybe they thought the chipmunk fever with the kids was winding down. Um, but it still did well. And actually, I think this is the best one of the lot. Um, and, and, and this is probably because of Air Marshal Suggs, who goes to extreme lengths to hunt down the chipmunks. So he gets... The the plane has to do a, um emergency stop in Texas when it's supposed to be going to Miami. Um, and... Um, the chipmunks get put on the no-fly list, uh, and then they run away from the air marshal's office. So he decides, right, I'm going to follow them, and he follows them across the country. It's amazing. Um, goes all the way with them through to the end of the film. It's wonderful. Um, and yeah, his performance is fantastic as this absolutely just intense, deranged air marshal who hates the chipmunks with the fire of a thousand suns. Yeah, and it's like... It should be really incongruous with the rest of the film, which is is kind of similar. It's a it's low effort children's content based on a franchise that on a tired formula where it it should it shouldn't work to have something that is so energetic up against the low energy of the rest of it, but somehow it makes everything else shine brighter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that works in this film that wasn't there in any of the others is that this movie moves along at quite a good pace. So it jumps from set piece to set piece to set piece and gives the audience something to grab onto. So, again, this is not saying that this movie is good, but it will keep your eyes engaged, basically. So it goes from idiotic house party to nonsense on a plane where... um, 
well before nonsense on a plane you've got um a chip down the a man's leg snakes on a plane yes the very boring sequel um but then on the you we, we've got a scene with um a security agent uh, at the airport um and and a, a squirrel uh, a chipmunk uh running around somebody and it's it's, it's like this isn't very in it, this isn't very good but at least something's happening then on the plane um you get uh theodore unleashing all of the animals from the from the storage yes yeah, so suddenly it becomes dunstan checks in for a brief moment <laughs> yes. as he releases the monkey yeah it releases the monkey and then the monkey unleashes every single other animal um and so so that works then they go to like a dive bar that and they have to sing a song at the dive bar in a scene that almost feels reminiscent of uh blues brothers yeah that's what they're going for which is what it? it's nowhere near as accessible but at least it is something happening and there's a big oh, that's bar such fight. a good scene in blues brothers it's brilliant isn't it, isn't it? We're, the, we're the good old boys <laughs> they're behind a screen like a metal screen and the guys are just bottling them endlessly <laughs> it's so good and then the even best bit is that when they start playing country music they still get bottled but bottled as a celebration of the songs they yeah <laughs> we've never talked about blues brothers no we we should talk about blues brothers at some point it's such a great film um and then they go to new orleans and they take part in a mardi gras parade yeah Um, which is irritating which is irritating and then uptown funk which is a very irritating song (laughs) and like what's more irritating than uptown funk uptown funk with chipmunks and a brass band farting their way through it like (laughs) no thanks yeah i'm I, a, a brass band has to work hard to impress me. Just going to say it. Generally, not a fan. You're not a fan of the... Well, I am when you do it, obviously. <laughs> if it's someone making brass band noises with their mouth, it's okay. If it's a real brass band, that's when we're getting into trouble. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot of farting. You yeah. know? And, and I like a fart joke, but I don't want that in my music, you know? <laughs> Um, then we get a scene where one of the chipmunks nearly dies and unfortunately doesn't. Um, where <laughs> You're like, finally, it's been four films. Come on, man, throw me a bone. Let's, let's kill one of the chipmunks now. Throw please. me a nut. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they save the life of Miles by getting him out of the way of a car. But then one of the chipmunks gets hit by a car and unfortunately doesn't die. Um, but even so, it's like, oh, they've added some a, a, an action scene into this. Um, and then, um, and then some nonsense happens before the end of the, 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 the movie and they sing some songs and the chipettes, the chipettes then finally turn up at the end. Apart from that, you've just had like snippets throughout the movie of them being judges on the X Factor. Yeah. American Idol. American Idols. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And there's one very, very good scene where there's a guy singing badly on the show. Um, and he's doing a really good performance, that guy. I can't remember what song he was singing, but that really, really made me laugh. And then Alvin goes, you're going to Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good. Um, but but yeah, um, they, yeah. And then the, the chipettes appear at the end and they sing a song. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, and they get adopted. That's the end of the movie. They get adopted. Yeah. But before that, um, Jennifer Coolidge is in it for like one oh, scene. Oh, yes. Why did they underuse Jennifer Coolidge? I know. She was just there waiting to waiting to do something hilarious and she did nothing. <laughs> she did literally nothing in the movie. She made a joke about, I've got my eye on you and it's going to be my right eye or something like that. Such a waste of her. A weird joke, which yeah. is quickly followed up by a poo joke. Of Not course. from her, from no. one of the chipmunks. <laughs> 
<laughs> one of the chipmunks of course um but yeah such a waste of jennifer coolidge i think it should be a crime to underuse jennifer coolidge in anything that should be written into law it david should. seville's law <laughs> it should. there's there's two parts to david seville's law one of them is if something has the 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 comprehension about life as a human then they are treated as a human under law and the other part is if you underutilize Jennifer Coolidge in any kind of project you will be fired out of a cannon into the sun those are the, those are the two parts um but at least it continues the trend of these movies of wasting the talents of talented people <laughs> yeah even the LMFAO guys felt like they were wasting their talent on that in this film <laughs> <laughs> Such as it is, yeah. by ju- DJing at a party where everyone's doing something called the Juicy Wiggle, which is irritating. <laughs> party rockers in the house tonight. Nobody's having a good time because there's. And then Jason Lee walks in and says, in the most old man way, hashtag Dave's party was trending on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> why that really made me laugh. Have you caught up on the most recent Twitter stuff? No, of course I haven't. I've got two children. <laughs> so, there are rumours abound, started by Elon Musk. You mentioned right, I'm going to eat the other half of my ripple while you do this. Sure, you enjoy your ripple. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, there are rumours abound, started by Elon Musk. In an interview, he mentioned it, that they're looking at charging every single Twitter user to use Twitter. <laughs> Which is the surefire way to immediately lose every single user apart from, like, cryptocurrency chuds and bigots. <laughs> like, who else is going to stick weirdos. around? And even Turfs. a lot of them, I think, will decide, you know what, we're not sticking around on this and paying for the privilege if there's no one for us to torment. Yeah. It's just absolutely incredible. Why The, the, the greatest businessman of all time is Elon Musk. Business genius. genius strikes again. <laughs> he spent genius. the last year doing all that he can to destroy the site, and now he's like, oh, "This is going to be my master move, for destroying it." <laughs> this is this is going to be my genius moment. Let's this is his, his ultimate limit break. To put it in Final <laughs> Fantasy terms. Um, and the other really the other great thing that Elon Musk has confirmed, or one of his companies has confirmed, is you know how they killed a load of monkeys by putting chips in their brains? Mm. Um, they're going to start doing that to people soon. They've confirmed that oh, they're going to open up to human trials. Why don't they do it to chipmunks? <laughs> maybe that's how Alvin and the chipmunks were created. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe Musk has got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? May- maybe they've got some Musk chips in their brains. <laughs> Although maybe he should have done that to muskrats instead. <laughs> Elon um, and the muskrats. Yeah, there, there we go. What does a muskrat look like? I feel like this wouldn't be cute. This wouldn't be for children. No. Oh, you ever seen a muskrat? <laughs> Very dead. Yeah. Nasty. They're they're like little tiny beavers, aren't they? Yeah, they're like little, they're like sort of squashed beavers. Yeah, little little beavers, but without the flat tails. Mm, they yeah, they've got like long weird tails. Yeah, not liking that. <laughs> Um, my favourite of those kind of creatures um, is there's a kind of giant South American rat uh, that comes up. Not the capybara. There's another one. Um, the nutria. Have you ever seen a nutria before? No. Look Isn't up that a brand of um, <laughs> shampoo. <laughs> look nutria. up nutria. How do you look, spell? Oh, oh, as you th- N U T R A. 
Uh, N-U-T-R-I-A. Yeah. yeah look them up. Go and have a look at a Nutria. Yeah, this looks like it's cuter than a muskrat, but it's got horrid teeth. They've got these big yellow teeth, big orange teeth even. Yeah. Um, and they're big. Nasty. They're big boys. Um, I love I love a Nutria. I love freaky animals, I think. Animals that are larger than you think they should be. That's always my favourite kind of thing. Like the Amazonian otters, which grow to like eight foot. Yeah, love they're that. They're great. I love those. That's what they if should do. If you look do. at they an animal and giant... you're like, this is going to be this is going to be the focus of the next Ace Ventura movie when they finally get around to doing it. You know you're in a good place. They should they should they should do an album in the chipmunks about giant otters. Yeah. Just just horrifying giant CGI otters running around singing songs and wiggling their butts. Doing the juicy wiggle. <laughs> doing the juicy wiggle exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this movie is nowhere near as bad as, as Chipwrecked or The Squeakquel. Um, it was a pleasant surprise yeah. after watching... Yeah, the first one was, was fine. The second one was bad. The third one was abominable. And then this was kind of a strange uptick at the end. Yeah, so. <laughs> weirdly reaches better places than the others. I enjoyed this more than the first one because stuff actually happens in it, which I yeah. which I enjoyed. Um but it is Tony Hale's performance in this is better than anything in the first film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and Jason Lee is better, I think. As they go on, I think he gets better as Dave. Yeah, um, he's he delivers the emotional dad content with some resonance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's got a bit of emotional dad going on, and this movie also features um, Bella Thorne, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the- she's in it for like five minutes. The one whose album he's produced for some yes. reason. Yeah. Um, and then she like knows the chipmunks as well. Because everybody does. Apart from and the lets them, don't. Yeah. And lets them sing at her party before <laughs> they do a like reverse emotional dad speech on Dave about how much they love him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then they sing a song and they're like, we wrote this song. And I didn't recognize the song, but it sounded like a sort of mid-table Eurovision entry. Given, being given the chipmunk treatment. Yeah, was it a new song? Was it an old song? I don't know. Who and it knows? occurred less than five minutes after they'd all danced to Turn Down For What by DJ Snake, <laughs> which you know is your favourite song. I do love Turn Down For What. This is, so, uh, unironically, this isn't a joke. I love that song. It's so good. Um, and the punk cover, the punk metal cover, which I don't think is available anywhere anymore. I think they've taken it down everywhere. Um, but that was also amazing. Um, who is that by? I can't remember who did it. It was on one of those Pop Goes Punk albums. Oh, um, yeah. But right. it was re- most of those aren't very good, but this one was very, very... It worked really well. And Was it Ice-T they had doing the introduction to it? I can't oh, remember really? after all these years, but it was, it was great. But yeah, DJ Snape. Uh, DJ Snape. I was about to say DJ Snape then. DJ Snape. <laughs> That's someone else Potter. entirely. <laughs> um... It's, it's a great song. Love it. Love it. It's brilliant. Um, I thought you'd, you'd give him a point for including that song. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, this movie's still a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. But um, but it's better. Better than... better than I'd say it's probably the best of the four. Um, certainly better than two and three. I think you're probably right. Even though it's it does include to, Uptown Funk. Um, other, yeah, other things that all the kids who are watching it have seen, like The Exorcist and... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, again, they've got the rubbish jokes for jokes for the adults who have gone along because their kids wanted to watch it. Um, which is yeah, just disappointing. Um, so I do appreciate the guy from LMFAO is in this, and I yeah. like I like he looks that he's like there. he's having he a good seems, time. He seems like he's having a fun time doing the juicy wiggle. <laughs> Whatever happened to them? They're still around, aren't they? Doing their thing. I'm just going to have a look. They're very much of that moment, sort of early to mid-2000s, aren't they? They are on indefinite hiatus. Oh, it's closing the window. Pissing it down with rain. Yeah. (laughs) So they released two albums, Party Rock and then Sorry for Party Rocking, and (laughs) and then disappeared forever. That's a good legacy. That I appreciate is, that. <laughs> that is a good legacy. I appre- Yeah, I think that's good, actually. That's the kind of life that we should have, is one album, and then the second album should be an apology for the first album, and then yep. that should be it. Then just disappear into the night. That should have been Alvin and the Chipmunks' whole career. <laughs> they should have had no music, though, just the cartoon from the 80s that we remember. Yep. Um, what's your favorite LMFAO song? Is it Party Rock Anthem or is it or the Sexy other one. and I Know It? Yeah, it's one of those two. <laughs> I don't know. I like there being party rockers in the house tonight. Let's uh, go with that one. Yeah, I- I'm going to go with Sexy and I Know It because it's got the... <laughs> and it sounds like it could come from a Sonic soundtrack. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> Um, what uh, have you got anything else you want to say about the road chip um, just that the, the post credit scene with Tony Hale was very very good where he's like sitting by the pool and he's like what are you going to do carry me out and then they carry him out yes. and then he's like I, this is good I like this I'm like Cleopatra that was very good that was good yeah he reached a, a, a position of acceptance in his life by the end which yeah. I liked he had the best character arc of all so a question for you. This movie was directed by Walt Becker. Walt Becker. He directed awful dude bro comedy Van Wilder. I've never seen it. Oh. It's supposed to be awful. Yes. Isn't it? He also directed uh, awful uh, biker gang comedy Wild Hogs. Which, never seen which that. Which I have seen and is one of the worst things I've ever seen in the cinema. It looks awful. Um, and then he directed this, and then directed the Clifford the Big Red Dog movie from oh, a no. couple of years ago. See, my son loves the cartoon, so we're trying to make sure that he never sees the horrifying <laughs> live-action one and like, asks to watch it. So I'm wondering whether this is the greatest movie of his career. Probably, yeah. Because actually, this ain't... I mean, it is bad, but it's not awful. Yeah. So, so think- when we were on um, holiday in the US in the summer, he, my son was waking up really early and like before before everyone else was getting up. So we'd put on Clifford the Big Red Dog on the TV because that was just like we turned on the TV and then it was there. And he was like, oh, I like this. So now that's become like a favorite thing from that trip. So it's like a nice thing. And actually, the books are really nice as well. It's a, a lot of time for Clifford, but that film looks horrifying and awful. They're, they're a good, um, pleasant. They're, they're, they're good pleasant material aren't they Clifford the yeah. Big Red Dog and the theme song is in my head all the time Clifford, Clifford the Big Red Dog 
The big red, the big red, the big red, the big red. I'm Clifford and oh. I know it. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> big red I'm doggies in the house tonight. <laughs> Um, so I've got a little bit of trivia for you. We nearly had one of our favourite boys in this film. So Justin Long initially didn't want to return to voice Alvin, and they were going to replace him with Matthew Lillard. What? But he couldn't do it because he was working on Scooby-Doo stuff. Um, so eventually Justin Long decided, oh, you know what, I will do this extremely low-effort movie. Yeah, I mean, all he had to do was go into a studio and just say things, right? Oh, yeah, but thinking about it... They don't actually it, go to the set, do they, the guys who do the voices? Or do they? I well, they probably, for something like this, they probably go to a recording studio. They wouldn't go to the set to do it. They but didn't they, get to they, go to Dave's party that was no. trending on Twitter. <laughs> no, they did not. Thinking about it, though, we talked about the people who they potentially could have cast as Dave. Matthew Lillard would have been an incredible Dave. Imagine would him. Have, would have absolutely nailed that. He would have nailed that, and he would have made these movies so much better. So you should have cast him in the first place. Yeah, maybe he was busy. Mm, yeah, it's just a bit. It's just a bit sad. Would have loved to see him in this. Oh, what could have been? Yeah, yeah. Because we, we love Pierce Brosnan. Who would you prefer? See. Would Bronholm have been a bit too old to play Dave in these movies when they came out? Bronholm back Probably, in the day. Yeah. Bronholm in the 90s. GoldenEye Bronholm. Yeah. That I, that would have been good. Even Taffin Bronholm. Yeah, even even then I think it would have worked. But um, yeah, he probably would have been a bit too old by the, by the mid to late 2000s. Um, I think. But, you know, hey-ho. Um, have you got anything else you want to say about these films? Um, no, I think that's it, really. Yeah, the road trip is potentially... Like, you could watch this one without having seen any of the others. Maybe see the first one. Don't bother with the second or third unless you really want to torture yourself. But, like, if you if you feel like it... They're all on Amazon Prime, right? If you feel like watching one of them, watch the road trip. If you're really feeling like something that's, like, low effort that's just going to wash over you, that's going to have Tony Hale being a comic genius, then you could do worse yeah yeah absolutely absolutely he, you know. he gets a higher car that's yellow and he says this is like driving a parakeet <laughs> yes he does indeed he does indeed uh so how are we how are we going to rate this one then how many um how many times how many thousands of views did hashtag dave's super party get on twitter for you <sighs> Dave's party rockers in the house tonight got, uh, let's say, 9,000 of a possible 20,000. That's and that's pretty like fair, yeah. Six of those probably are for Tony Hale. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd go with nine as well, actually. This is not the worst movie in the world. No, by a long stretch. Um, and certainly better than, than two and three. Um, I was surprised at how good this was. I was expecting this one to be the worst. And after I finished Chipwrecked, I was like, oh no, I've still got to watch another hour and a half of this. <laughs> but it ended on a high note. So yeah, that was a pleasant surprise, wasn't it? Like yeah. I was expecting this to then be kind of a low energy episode after watching two rubbish Chipmunks films. But that's good. This is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think we've got, have we got one week between it's been 
<laughs> well, we have, but also I haven't gotten around to editing and posting the first Chipmunks episode yet. So let's <laughs> okay, just get straight so, into Halloween. So should we just go straight into Halloween month? Yeah, because by the time I've gotten both of these out, it will be October. Okay, fab. Um, so we, as usual, for Halloween month, are going to be looking at romantic horror movies. Um, it's always my favourite month of the year. Yeah, um, and you always come up with really good ones as well. Yeah, so I've given you a selection of four to choose from. Are you happy with those four? Yeah, or I think the original of the wild four cards ones that you wanted to watch? Or maybe we'll keep them for next year. The alternatives were good, but the, 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 the original four, let's just go with that. Excellent. So do you want Cannibal Romantic Road Trip first? Do you want Zombie Girlfriend? Do you want Vampire Romance? Or do you want Strange Woman Does Strange Things? Oh, Zombie Girlfriend has got our man from Valerian in it, hasn't it? <laughs> it does indeed. It does I've indeed. never seen it. I've not seen it either. This will be a new thing for me. Zombie Girlfriend, that's the name of the film. <laughs> Fab. Okay, so should we go with that one first? Um, in which case, we're going to be watching Life After Beth. See what they did with that name. That's great, good. great title. I've never seen it, but it looks like it's right up our street. I've never seen it either, but I've seen a poster for it that I liked. And it's got some good people. So Aubrey Plaza, Dane DeHaan, John C. Riley, and Molly Shannon as the that main four. That is a four. great, That's great a, unit. That is a pretty good four right there. Um, so, yeah, I've got... I don't... Well, I don't know if I've got high hopes or not, but... It's it's a romantic horror movie. Let's go. Fantastic. Love to see it. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming with us on our own road trip. While we <laughs> did two, <laughs> two episodes on Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, um, it's been it's been a month, a chip month, um, and we're glad <laughs> that it's over. Um, you know, so you it's can find hell. us on. <laughs> It's been chip hell. That's not a pun. That's just yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail dot com. Always love to hear from you. Um, we are li- very much looking forward to starting to watch some spooky movies now. That it's getting into October, and we'll be back next week to talk about Life After Beth. Alrighty, bye bye. Ready, bye. bye.